Hello, everyone, and welcome to Back of the Grid for another week. And that was worth the wait, wasn't it? It was. I think so. It was something. It was something. Uh, I'm I'm Chris, as always, and I'm joined by Tom, as always. Hello. And Stu, as always. Hello, as always. I might change my name on Twitter to Tom, as always. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, unsurprisingly, there's quite a lot to talk about. So let's just dive right in. And I want to start actually pre-race with Ferrari because something else came out this weekend that sort of disappeared under the excitement of the race, but I think it's pretty significant. Um, Vettel being Vettel and him not really doing social media and all that stuff, we've not really heard from him since testing other than that statement that Ferrari released when they announced he's leaving the end of the year. Um, And his bit said, the team and I have realized there's no longer a common desire to stay together beyond the end of the season, which is PR speak. But this weekend, obviously, he was asked about that in interviews. Um, And he said, it was obviously a surprise to me when I got the call from Matia, when he told me there was no further intention for the team to continue. We never got any discussions. There was never an offer on the table. And therefore, there was no sticking point. Which is despite Ferrari. For months and months, Ferrari was saying Vettel's the first choice. We'll sort out with him. We'll only look at other drivers if that doesn't work out. So for... I mean, Vettel, the way he said this, it clearly was coming from a person who feels very wronged by this and basically is like, mm. I don't give a crap about playing the team game anymore. Um, and you get the impression he's just very much racing for himself this season. But I don't know. That's It's just not the way I think, of not only full-time world champion, but I think he's statistically Ferrari's third best ever driver. And for them mm. to just dump him with not even the slightest offer of a contract is it's a shame i think it's it's a shame to see him being treated that way that's um, a really interesting to st- that statistic you've just brought there he's the third best driver i'm almost certain that's correct yeah obviously schumacher is the number one that's maddening if you take into account you know like qualifying positions wins points scored various things i think um for ferrari for ferrari or in for total? ferrari yeah that's mm. That is That's, that is an insane thought to think that he is the third most successful driver, especially for a man who's never um, won a world championship for them. Yeah, it must be to do. It must be to do with the fact that there's obviously far more races in a season now, so there's more opportunity to yeah, that's score very podiums, true. get wins, and so on. Like mm. that's mad. But yeah. yeah, it's. I mean, again, we've been fairly critical of Vettel over the last couple of years, but. All that aside, it's a real shame to see him yeah. just dumped out on the street like Ign- that, basically. Yeah, ignominiously yeah. kind of just yeah. sort of left on side. Um, first of all, Chris, that's a great bit of gossip, mate, to open us up with. So well done there. <laughs> I, I definitely thought it was worth mentioning because, as I say, like with everything else going on, it sort of disappeared. I think it was Thursday this happened, and it's not really been t- talked about much since. And, and sorry, what was that on? Was that on Twitter, did you say? Um, this no, this was in the the interviews in in the yeah. in the kind of socially distanced interviews they had in place of the um, press conferences this weekend. Um, yeah, Vettel was very openly like, "Yeah, this is what happened, and this is how I feel about it." It's a shame. I don't know what to say. It's, <laughs> it's, 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 it is a real. Sh- it's, it's surprising. Like it, hmm. I very much felt from the messaging that was obviously released at the time of his. Um, announcement that he was going to be leaving the team that 
he it, it did obviously they I mean they said it was going to be it was a neutral mutual thing um yeah. and that doesn't sound very mutual at all does it not so, in the slightest no it's the opposite of mutual in fact it's very one sided so <laughs> it, it, it's it, I, yeah i mean the guys to me smacks of ferrari kind of passing the book to I me mean, like the the they're passing the blame onto Vettel when actually they've probably just given him a, a crap car for the last however many years and it's, it's been. It's not like they don't have previous with this either, is it? Like they they sacked Prost, didn't they, for saying the wrong thing about the car? They basically yeah. forced Michael Schumacher to retire because he had become bigger than the team, and they uh, were actively courting Kimi Räikkönen while Schumacher was still in contract with them. And yeah. So it's not you know a particularly off piece for them to do but no yeah I, I i did notice this weekend vettel was very critical of the car and I, I did think to myself you don't often see ferrari drivers being very critical of the ferrari but on this usually gets you the sack doesn't it that's what I'm yeah, saying. yeah yeah but whereas he's he's obviously like you said he's, he's obviously racing for himself because all he you know if, if he was interested in keeping that drive or if he had any exactly yeah. that he was going to be keeping it he wouldn't be being negative about the car for sure being yeah. a ferrari there's so, nothing more um, dangerous than a man with uh, nothing left to lose. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, as Carlos Sainz found out, almost. Mm, yeah. Vettel's kind of woes continued into Saturday. Um, he dropped out in Q2. Uh, Leclerc only just made it through to Q3 and managed to qualify seventh. Ferrari have basically admitted that their engine is severely lacking. They said that they reckon they're losing seven tenths at this track on the oh. straights alone. A couple of stats to back that up. Compared to qualifying in Austria last year, the three Ferrari-powered teams are all slower than they were 12... Well, not 12 months ago, but last year. Um, Haas is six-tenths a lap slower. Ferrari, nine-tenths. Alfa Romeo, 1.1 seconds slower. Whoa. In qualifying last year, Leclerc was the fastest in the speed trap. This year, he was the slowest, 13.5 kilometers an hour slower. Ouch. What? Um, Interestingly, Raikkonen, with his Ferrari engine in the Alpha, was actually the fastest in the speed trap. But the Alpha was noticeably running a very, very low downforce setup, presumably to try and offset the losses they knew they had. Mm. But this basically all just points to what we've all suspected for a very long time now, which is that whatever Ferrari were doing with their engine last year was very much illegal. And this agreement they came to with the FIA has just removed all the um, advantage they had. I mean, there's been rumours knocked around for ages that um, in Maranello they had a very hard win to replacing lots of parts on the engine that otherwise they wouldn't have had to. Yeah, it's it's just it, it's so clear now that they were just up to no good last year, basically, isn't it? It, it, it yeah. sounds like they've never really recovered from it, doesn't it? No, not at all. Yeah. Some people just want to watch the oil burn. the the really worrying thing for them that one of you already touched on is that it doesn't seem to just be the engine them they've got problems with like when someone asked Vettel after the race about his spin after he made that contact with science Vettel said to be honest I'm happy I only spun once and (laughs) I've seen a few on boards and the car just looks very twitchy (laughs) and it'll like understeer into a corner and oversteer on the way out yeah. and yeah. yeah it it looked like the perfect combination between like 
a gnat, as in like very quick to react, and a, a steamboat. <laughs> like you couldn't, you just couldn't judge it. Like it, you either went into a corner and ran extremely wide because it turned like a steamboat, or it was like on the on the knife edge and it just suddenly snapped. Like I don't know like, what was going on like, with like it. A, but... Handled like a baby roller. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it really did. I mean, to his credit, Leclerc seemed to do a better job of handling that car than Vettel did all weekend. But I dare bet Leclerc's got a completely different car to Vettel at this point. <laughs> well, yeah, this, this is true. It's given what we now know, you would expect that car has been built around what Leclerc likes and not what Vettel likes. Oh uh, yeah, 100%. yeah, big time. But Ferrari say they've got no aero upgrades planned until Hungary, and they couldn't even put a date on when they expect to be able to make some engine changes. So, I mean, they were probably the, the fifth fastest team in qualifying. I, I think, think they've got a very long year ahead of them. Yeah, yeah, I was just about to say, I think that sadly for Ferrari fans, this might not be a year to... Um... To bank on for getting any success. Oh, just no. think how slow they're going to be at Monza. Oh, that is not going yeah. to go down well. Ooh. They'll be hoping the they won't allow uh, a crowd there just so they don't have the uh, yeah yeah <laughs> the Tifosi on their back. All try and try and stop the Tifosi getting to Monza. <laughs> but yeah, I guess we should probably talk about the race because uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah that one, happened. It? Yeah, yeah. That- so we started the race with a, a very last-minute protest from Red Bull, which demoted Hamilton to fifth on the grid, mm. which actually was probably the right result in the end after all the footage appeared of him um, in qualifying. Uh, I don't know if you saw the actual footage that got released late on that Red Bull sort of used for their protest, but he did quite clearly carry on full pelt past the yellow flag, so I think that was fair. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if that's what happened, I didn't see it, but if that's what's happened, then... Absolutely, it's penalty, isn't it? It's slam dunk. They actually used yeah. those. Um, it was those little three sixty degree cameras I've got on the front of the cars. It was that footage that was actually used to kind of prove the point. Interestingly, oh, no. that sounds like a social media grab from Red Bull. It basically was. <laughs> it basically <laughs> no. was. Um, like after Hamilton got cleared of it, several hours later, the F one account uh, tweeted that footage. And that was what Red, made Red Bull say, hang on, that doesn't quite look right. Yeah, that would be uh, that would be us. <laughs> Your fault, basically, Stu. Whoops. <laughs> the, the thing is, though, like, when, like, I, there was a bit of a question as to whether, at what point, because wasn't there a bit of a, uh, an incident to do with this where the yellow flag was initially out, then it went green, then it went yellow, and that's why it was hard for them to initially pinpoint it from somebody on board. Supposedly, yes. Um, but a yellow is a yellow, isn't it? If you're on the track and you see... Oh, a yellow, yeah, I suppose it's just, it's just about your positioning, isn't it? Because it was all related to um, to Bottas running wide. So I, I guess initially when he's gone off in the gravel, it's gone yellow. When it looks like he's recovered it and he's making his way back to the track, they've started to go green. And then when he had that little spin, it maybe went back yellow. So I can see why it sort of very quickly shifted back and forth. Yeah. But it, at the end of the day, if he's in that yellow zone, while it's yellow, he needs to be lifting. Yeah, like, but the thing is, you get a tone in your ear as well. So even if you don't yeah, see it, yeah. you still get that tone. That that yeah, and your dashboard bleeps. lights up. Yeah, yeah, your dashboard lights up. A it's hard to miss, isn't there's it? Yeah, there's there. no excuse really. Yeah, there's lots of. It's not like karting where you've got to keep your eyes out for the marshal. <laughs> yeah, 
ultimately though it didn't really matter because it didn't take him very long to be back in second anyway um yeah. i mean the pace of that mercedes has just looked might when it's been working properly anyway the pace has been looking really mighty and it basically turned into a two car race or so we thought pretty early on um helped by the fact that verstappen retired on lap 11 with um engine issues which eventually became a double retirement for red bull with engine issues which is a real shame for them and Honda. Yeah. Verstappen looked like the only person that might have a chance of taking the fight to them, starting on a different tyre, but yeah, didn't um, materialise, unfortunately. We did then get the, what has become traditional uh, reliability issues for Mercedes in Austria. This time it was uh, warnings of gearbox issues. We it, it got so bad that we had to have uh, James on the radio to tell the drivers that they had to stay off the curbs because... The race engineers telling him to stay off the curbs wasn't enough, and they were having a little schoolboy argument over. Well, he's not staying off the curbs as yeah. much as I'm staying off the curbs. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see the be... social post for it? I made that social post. I didn't <laughs> see that. I'm afraid. The radio, no. radio, there they did it on Twitter. The radio message <laughs> thing transcript. That's funny. Basically uh, getting maybe, told that, off. That's that's the only time I saw it. Actually, was when we made it. I was like, oh, <laughs> I didn't see it on the TV because I was busy during the race, so I didn't see it actually happen. And then, yeah, I got that sort of dropped in my inbox. I was like, ha, bickering. It was quite funny. <laughs> it is a bit of a worrying start to the season for Mercedes and Red Bull, though. Like, to be having reliability issues at the first race of the season, especially when we've got another race out of the same track a week away. Um, is is it just Austria, though? Because, in all be. honesty, even without the curb changes that we've had, Austria has been known to to punish those high-speed exits yeah. onto curbs. And it's also been known to be a bit of a punisher on the Mercedes due to the the altitude and the, the reduced airflow and stuff. So it's not like it's uncommon for the Mercedes to struggle and for other cars randomly to have issues like suspension failures or, or the like, um, which we saw kind of up and down the grid, didn't we, through the race? Yeah, so. and especially it's... given how bulletproof that Mercedes was in testing at Barcelona. But then again... Yeah. Barcelona is like the most perfectly formed racetrack you could want to drive a car around, which is why yeah. they go testing there. So yeah, yeah. Whereas Austria is a car killer. Yeah, it, is. it really is. It, it is. It actually is. Like those curbs are, are even now, even after they turned them down. Those. Can you remember those sausage curbs they put in ages ago? We're going down. We're going, yeah. Oh, it's a memory alert. Memory chicane alert. Memory chicane alert. This is not. Yeah, allowed. we don't have time for those. <laughs> Although time. that does remind me, I do have to read out a tweet that we got over the weekend. <laughs> is this to okay. do, Is this to do with them being deterrent bananas? Or That's exactly it what it is. Yes. This is the most brilliant this. thing I've seen in ages. By the way. <laughs> I'm going to have to just put the podcast on hold while I find this because it's just too good not to read out. <laughs> it was a translation from a foreign language, from one language. In, in the language it was written, he said deterrent bananas. But then when they translated to English, they referred to them as sausage curbs, like what most people know them as, generally speaking, in like English coverage, I guess, English speaking coverage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the, whatever language it was translated from, I, I, I want to say it was Portuguese or something like that, but I might be wrong. But it, it basically called them deterrent bananas or something. <laughs> I've got a, I've got a funny banana story for you. Um, Go on. A, a friend of mine who I used to work with, um, he uh, English isn't his first language, and he once called a bunch of bananas a group of bananas. <laughs> <laughs> 
I like that. <laughs> and even now, whenever I'm having a sad day, I think about that and it makes me smile. <laughs> yeah. I, lo- I love little things like that. Just like, n- n- I guess they are mistranslations, aren't they? Or, or mis- misinterpretations of a word once it's translated. Yeah, yeah it's literally, it's just because all, obviously, European Germanic languages are so similar, but so yeah. different at the same time. It's funny. I found it. It was Sir Tomalot on Twitter who first pointed out that, yeah, if you translate the tweet, it. <laughs> Say deterrent bananas, which is what those curves will now forever be. Deterrent yeah. bananas. Anyway, that's, that's taken us keeper. wildly off track. Avoid those deterrent bananas. Yeah, we've got to. <laughs> I can link it back in. It's a good job there weren't any deterrent bananas um, <laughs> when Kevin Magnuson arrived at uh, turn four and his brakes had failed Oof. in fairly spectacular fashion. Grosjean actually had the same problem later in the race, but luckily for him, he identified it and managed it enough that he could get back to the pits but um continues the tradition i guess of Haas always having a nightmare first race of the season mm-hmm. yeah and and yeah. break things as well but Haas, yeah. i feel like Haas have been combating the brakes for years now they've really Grosjean's never been happy with those brakes has he remember that whole thing of them going back between brembo and whatever the other manufacturer was that we're using for brakes and they had this whole thing where one car was running one set yeah. and the other car was running the other because they couldn't work out which set was causing the problems mm. i worry for Haas, Just... you know i really worry about Haas <laughs> and their future <laughs> yeah gene's not going to pull up with not being successful for very long is he i don't think no especially now it looks like williams are looking very much more on their pace um yeah and which is probably you probably put more money on williams uh catching them in no time as well but there we go i hope so but what they did do is cause the first safety car with that brake failure um which actually didn't change a ton in the order really the first uh safety car um Bottas made the first of his three safety car restarts that were all just bang on, weren't they? He mm. he must have been practicing those because he absolutely nailed yeah. all of them. I think it was the second one yeah. he got a little close to the safety car when he uh, got round to the pit straight. But um, the last one was amazing. Oh yeah, he was absolutely on it. Um, the last one, literally, like he crossed the line. As the tail of the safety car crossed the line, his yeah. nose crossed the line. As the tail yeah. of the safety car crossed the line, it was mental. But I mean, to be doing that with arguably one of the best people in the world at safety car restarts right on your tail, um, yeah, it was it was impressive. And despite all the chaos going around, this was probably one of Bottas's best races. I think it's fair to say he was just on it all weekend, wasn't he? Yeah, it kept a cool head in. Yeah, other than his spin in qualifying. Yeah, other than that mistake in qualifying, yeah. I think he kept a cool head throughout the weekend, which is what's needed. But he's he's in a good place, I think, at the minute, isn't he? Like he's he's sort of he's happy, generally speaking, from what you see. Um and he seems pretty content. So it like the the I think the maybe he likes the look of the tracks that are coming up as well. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. the, maybe there's a few tracks in there where he's maybe got himself Kind of, he's built his own confidence up by saying, Do "You know what? I can take the race to Lewis here. I can beat Lewis here and here and here." And he's he's kind of got that self belief and that confidence, and it gives him the calm, collected approach to the race to to keep him behind him and, and make him have to fight for the win. I tell you what, I bet he's the only person in the world right now hoping for a, a double header at Sochi. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That stays the Mercedes was still. 
mostly okay. They managed to pull another 10 seconds ahead of the... Uh, it was Albon in third at that point. Um, and then we had another safety car when George Russell retired. Uh, he lost fuel pressure, which was really gutting, actually. He was running 12th at the time. He'd been holding um, Vettel behind him for quite some time. And, like, there actually seems to be some decent pace in that car. Like, he only missed out by, on Q2 by less than a tenth on uh, Saturday. Latifi was still at the back, but then it is his first Grand Prix, so you can kind of forgive him that. But Russell definitely seems to be proving there is some pace in that Williams. Yeah. And given that Latifi finished 11th, George could well have been on for his uh, first ever yeah. point or his two points. there. It should, have, it should have been. I think he, should, I think he could have. I think he would have got them. I really yeah. do. Really disappointing that. Yeah, it's a shame. Yeah, it was that second safety car that really started to shake things up. Mercedes and Racing Point uh, both opted not to pit, which gave Perez third place, but left obviously all three of them out on uh, all the tyres. Whereas most people behind them pitted, including Albon, who had uh, fresh softs on right behind them. He then just had time to pass Perez before the third safety car, which came out just as they were exiting turn two because one of Raikkonen's wheels fell off, which was, um, it's kind of scary to see. It, it made me glad that there weren't many people at that circuit, really, to see a wheel just careering yeah. around yeah. like that. The tethers didn't do their job. Well, yeah. the tethers, no, the tethers won't, though, because the wheel's not attached to the car. The wheel nuts come loose, yeah. and at that point, once the wheel nuts loose, that's the thing. Is the it, tether is, is it, essentially attached the, to the axle. It's not attached to... Yeah, it's, it's the wheel coming off the axle, isn't it, I guess? So yeah. It's not, yeah. It's not going to work, is it? It's not, yeah. It wasn't a suspension failure that the tether exactly. would hold, I guess, yeah. The tether is attached to the axle, which the wheel yeah. in turn to in turn is attached to. So if, if the bolt that holds the wheel on comes off, then the wheel's going to come off and the tether will obviously remain unchanged because that's not a component that's coming off. Yeah, they said it had basically been cross-threaded when they put it on in the pit stop and they hadn't noticed. And then throughout the first lap, it worked its way off. Um, for which Alfa Romeo have been given a €5,000 fine and probably thrown away a decent handful of points. Again, like I think Raikkonen was ahead of uh, Giovinazzi at that point. Giovinazzi finished eighth, I believe. So yeah, a few points which may prove uh, very important this season thrown away there. Yeah. Right, and then we get on to the final safety car restart which turned into Albon versus Hamilton round two. Um, <laughs> yep. So as I'm sure you all know, Albon tried to move around the outside at, um, I've written here turn four, but it's, no, it is turn four, isn't it? Yeah. It's, I always forget Because yeah. you yeah. have that, cause turn two is like King's the king half at the hill, king. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, and for what is, believe it or not, the second time in three races, even though it was a very long time ago, uh, the two of them made contact. Once again, Albon came out, came off worse, uh, spun him around and dropped him right to the back from what was, at the time, a pretty much guaranteed podium. And there's a very, very good chance of a win at that point. He was clearly yeah. much faster than the yeah. Sages at that point, who were nursing their cars back. It is worth remembering that ultimately, it probably actually didn't cost Albon anything because he retired a few laps later with um, an engine problem, which seemed to be unrelated. Uh, so if mm. anything, it may be uh, spared him having to retire from the race from the lead. But there we go. Hamilton was blamed for it. Got given a five-second penalty. Mm. What? What do we think? <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with the consensus that it probably is about fair because there's there's an element of Albon definitely gets to run on him and is um, 
he is ahead of him on the exit of the, the corner. Um, in admittance, I don't think Lewis particularly opens up the steering or anything and like forces him out there or anything like that. But mm. whether or not he's a judge to have done enough to to give Albon the room is is where the the decision comes in. I think, isn't it? Mm. Well, I mean, well, contact's contact, I guess. He's full lock, though, isn't he? He's full lock. I don't think he is, though. I don't think he is full lock. I've seen side-by-side images showing him on much fuller lock than that across the weekend. So he definitely wasn't completely full Really? Lock. Yeah. I thought yeah. He, I thought there's no, there's no way 90 degrees on that wheel is full lock. But even so, no even so okay, so obviously my I, I'm getting off fanboy on you, <laughs> and as, as the internet will say. And um, my opinion is that I, th- I think the penalty was a bit harsh. I think there was a car's width to Hamilton's left at the time of the incident. And I feel like Albon got a bit too close. And he he himself, he was when you're trying to go around the outside, you run the risk of the car on the inside understeering into you. In the braking zone, Hamilton got to the braking zone before Albon. Albon did outbreak Hamilton, yes. But at that point, Hamilton's looking to the apex of the, of the corner. And... If Albon comes around the outside and gets too close to Hamilton's outside wheel, left wheel, then that's on Albon. Like <laughs> he could have just gone a little bit further out. He didn't have to put so much lock in. To, I think he could have got around him without making contact. That's my opinion. It is worth saying as well that it's not necessarily as simple as Hamilton should have just steered more because he was already understeering at that point and yeah. Yeah. putting on more lock potentially would just make compounding you know, compa- the issue worse. make it worse. Agree there. I mean, interestingly, the two of them were at the same corner with reversed roles really early in the race, and Hamilton backed out of it. He, Hamilton could yeah. see what was potentially going to happen, and he backed out of it. It's, I don't know, it's a really tricky one. So, Albon <laughs> so basically. Are you just what, not going to have an opinion? <laughs> I'm getting there. So, Albon oh, okay. said afterwards that he, he had to give it a go because. They knew because of the tyre situation, the pace advantage he had was going to last five laps. Well, then do it somewhere else in the next five laps. Like you're at the fourth corner, the third proper corner at that point. Yeah. Mm. And as much as I, I do think Hamilton maybe could have done a bit more to try and get out of the situation. I also think Albon should probably have been a little more patient. And it's it's not the first time we've seen Albon try and do things at the very first opportunity. Like, um, like he's, he dive bombed, um, Norris, the second he caught him at Suzuka last year and ended up, uh, damaging his car. Um, in Italy, uh, signs got alongside him and Albon tried to hang it around the outside at the first Lesmo, which is clearly never going to happen. And I think, I think he's just, again, let's not forget this is his, the start of his second season in F1 and he's not even done a full season in a front-running car yet. He is going to be inexperienced and I think a little bit of that was happening there. I I agree with that. I I think if I had to apportion like sort of blame either way, I would say... You know what? I'd probably say absolutely 100% 50-50. Like all the way 50-50 because... But at the point Hamilton's turning in, if he's understeering, he can't. Even if he does turn the wheel more, nothing's going to happen. 
you, once you, once those wheels have lost grip, you're not you can move the wheel all you want. It's just gonna it's just not gonna grip. So your car's gonna plow forward. Um, and I think at that point, so he he's his his fate is sealed once he's turned in and he's lost front grip. Then Albot, there was a car's length onto off to the left of Hamilton's car at the point of the incident. So all Albon had to do was either ease off a little bit or just not put so much lock on and there's no contact. I think it was a really harsh penalty myself. I think the difference here as well is uh, it's, it's difficult to compare it to other similar incidents. It's never easy to do that anyway, realistically, but... I think most of the time we see this, it tends to be turn three rather than turn four or turn two, whichever it's official yeah. fastest, wherever the kink is. And that's got a lot more runoff, essentially. That's got a lot more tarmac runoff. So uh, people um, people tend to give it a bit more of a go around the outside there because they've got that ability to run off and, and, yeah. um, and survive it, I guess, unlike what happened with Albon here, which is he, he ran off into the gravel. Like... That contact happens at the other corner. He'd he'd more likely be able to to get out of it, I guess, or or at least if he can see the contact coming, it's easier for him to get off, yeah, cross the white line and and avoid it, kind of thing. Um, so, like I said, I can I can see where the penalty comes from, and I don't necessarily disagree with it if I'm totally honest, but I could. I'd have all. I'd have been fairly happy if it was still classed as a race and incident, but I, I don't like disagree with the penalty because it is a fine line, really, between where a race and incident sits. And I think, do you know what? I think if that had happened at that other corner where Albon doesn't end up in the gravel and losing control of the car like he did, it possibly isn't a penalty. It possibly yeah. is a race and incident if he goes wide there compared to being pushed into the gravel. And I, whether that's a contributing factor compared to where we've seen. No penalties in the past, but a penalty here. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's what I I do think that's what's probably caused them to throw the book at it is the fact that he's basically taken a potential win away from someone, really. Well, well, or you you might argue that he's taken a potential win away from himself, Albon. But the net result is, yeah, whatever, he was in the gravel. It's him being in the gravel trap that's caused the the stewards to make the decision they have. I think if, if that was like a regular regular old runoff area or, or a concrete runoff area, tarmac runoff area, then there's no penalty. Yeah, I'd, I'd, that's that's kind of where I go with it. I think yeah. that the I'm nature of there. the corner has, has made, is what has caused it to lean to that five-second time penalty rather than a, a, a runoff where you potentially end up with just a racing incident call. I think that's the key. Compare the way Hamilton drove in that situation to the way Vettel drove when he took the lead from Leclerc last year. Like, he basically mm. drove Leclerc off the road. But as you say, he drove him off the road onto another bit of road and he could continue, whereas at this corner, that's not how it is. And yeah, I think yeah. that probably is. I mean, Albon said he feels like this uh, instant in Brazil last season was probably a 50-50 and this one was clearly Hamilton's fault. If anything, I would say it's probably the other way around, to be honest. Yeah, like, yeah Hamilton that. deserved that Brazil penalty yeah. way more. Yeah. I think to a degree that's uh, probably a bit of a heat at the moment thing. Like, you, you, Imagine yeah, yourself true. in Albon's position, you're going to feel robbed, aren't you? Regardless of... Yeah, second like, time. Uh, yeah, like it's the same guy. It's a similar 
incident to a degree and you're going to feel a bit robbed, I think. Yeah, yeah I'm sure just... Lewis has been up and apologised to him and said, you know, that they must have like added a little word because I would think Lewis so. Hamilton is not the sort of driver who goes driving people off the off the road and ending right into gravel traps like that. Like, when have no. you seen him really do that? Other than well, maybe exactly. he's pushed. I've seen him push like Rosberg wide, but on again on Bahrain Grand Prix, like it was really super super elbows out. But like you've never you don't see Hamilton push. You, Name me a time when Hamilton's done that. On yeah, it's not it's not how he goes about it, is it? For the most part, thing, no. thing is though, everybody's human as well. Like you know, regardless of if it's a, a mistake from Lewis or not, however you want to judge it, it's it, he's capable of them, same as everybody else. Like yeah. like the, the one in Brazil was a, a mistake on his part, and he went and that, I know for a fact at that point he went straight across to Alex and apologized to him, didn't he? Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, so. the, other, the other thing to remember is as well, it's the first race, it's actually the first race of the season. So yeah, they're all yeah. a little bit rusty. I mean, and you can yeah. see it's the first race of the season because they're getting all these kind of crazy reliability issues that you wouldn't really, I suppose you wouldn't even expect these at Australia, but given the nature of the track, given it's a bit of a car killer and it's the first race of the season, yeah. probably those two factors combined, yeah. the net result is not many people finish. And there's there's a fact that the cars are usually developed a little bit towards this point of the season, aren't they? When we normally yeah. hit in here, they've they've raced, they've fine tuned a few bits. Like they're essentially running these cars in in anger for the first time. Yeah, they've done thousands. And it's a difficult this... circuit to to do yeah. that. Normally, by this race, they've done thousands of kilometers yeah. in yeah. those cars, and they they show up here a very difficult track with yeah. What whatever whatever they ran up at testing maybe eight hundred kilometers on the cars like, yeah mm. crazy what what is interesting though is that we had what was it nine retirements this race not yeah. a single one of them was due to a crash yeah yeah they were all exactly. like mechanical yeah. failures of some kind yeah every single one was either yeah mechanic failure electronics failure there was there was no actual either car to wall or car to car incidents that knock people out which mm. is that must be a first. Yeah. Um, every race you can think of going back where there's been a low number of finishes has just kind of been carnage. It's carnage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One thing I think the majority of people would agree on is that Hamilton getting two penalty points on his license is pretty harsh for that, whether you agree with that's, the five seconds or not. I didn't realise that that is yeah. so harsh. That's even... Mm, that's it now moves him on to seven points, um, which is the most of any driver on the grid. Uh, 12 gets you a race ban. And I, I had a hard time finding it, but I believe none of those points expire until November. So he needs Whoa. to behave himself this season. <laughs> yeah. Out, out of interest, is that because that is a, a bog standard? You've had this penalty, therefore you will get penalty points? I don't or... know, to be honest. I wondered that. but Because to, to if they've added those additionally, it feels harsh. If it's that is the standard that if you receive this penalty for this infraction, you will get penalty points then it's kind of part of the process, isn't it? Which, mm. yeah, I'm if they've chosen to some, add those, it feels harsh. I'm pretty certain he got some for Brazil last year as well. So maybe you're right. Maybe yeah. it is just the way it works. Mm. Regardless though of what you think about the five-second penalty, it gave us quite the finish to the race. Yes, it did. It basically meant we had... Mm. So it, it automatically <laughs> put uh, Leclerc into second place because somehow he'd got that Ferrari into the position to be there. <laughs> 
<laughs> he sort of quietly crept up there, didn't he? Yeah, he really did. Um, but he also then basically put Perez, Norris and Sainz all in the running for third place. Norris had to hold off Sainz for quite a while. Sainz was the fastest person on the track for a, a section of laps. Um, Norris managed to hold him off, um, then caught Perez, got past Perez when he sort of went deep. Uh, Norris was like, thank you very much, I'll come to the inside. Then Perez was just like, no, I'm going to find that apex whether I whether you yeah, like it or yeah. not. And just yeah. chopped into him. Um, I'd have seen the onboard of that, but Norris did well to not spin there. Yeah, he, he did. He was curb, barely held It was it. a hairy moment, it that, really wasn't it? Was. When he was stuck on that inside curb, I was worried. I was worried. Very worried, yeah. Uh, and he then went on to set the fastest lap of the race on the final lap to take his first ever podium by a tenth of a second, um, yeah. making him the third youngest driver uh, to get a podium in F1 history. Do you, know, do you know out of interest who the two that are younger than him are? I'd imagine uh, it's seven Max, and isn't it? Yeah. That, that was exactly what I thought, but I forgot all about Mr. Lance Stroll. Oh, oh of course. Yeah. 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 So it's Verstappen and Stroll then? Verstappen, Stroll, Norris, then Vettel, yeah. Vettel was 21 oh, when he got wow. his. Norris is 20. Vettel, yeah. Vettel won't be, Vettel's tumbling down that record. I know, right? <laughs> Losing all his records. It's, isn't yeah. it weird that when 21 was considered young for the I sport? Know. I know. 17, <laughs> was it Verstappen, 16 and Verstappen, 17. Uh, when was... he started, yeah. It was 18 when he got his first uh, podium. Yeah. Wow. What oh, were you doing when you were 18, Chris? It? Not a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Not a lot. <laughs> Man, it was good to see Norris get a podium, though. Like um, for McLaren as well. And McLaren have had a rough time of it with the kind of redundancies and the financial trolls that we've mentioned over the last couple of weeks. It was very nice to see them yeah. having something to celebrate. And I mean, we're not going to pretend that we're not Lando Norris fanboys here, so. It was when when he crossed the line and they finally updated the timing screens and it said like plus four point eight something to Hamilton, I literally punched the air, sat on my sofa. <laughs> yeah, I did. I, I cheer. there was a massive cheer went up through the through the building. It everyone was really really chuffed. Really. Have really you seen happy. the onboard of that last lap as well? From his uh, fastest lap. Yeah, yes, fastest yeah. lap. I have. I've seen it yeah. in detail. Actually, it's a hell of a lap, isn't it? He was. He was it's definitely. A good lap, um, yeah. Flirting with the boundaries of track limits through those last couple of corners, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but it counted. Yeah, really nice to see. Uh, Signs also managed to get ahead of Perez because he had a five-second penalty as well for speeding in the pit lane, which left Racing Point with a sixth place and a DNF um, when everyone was tipping them for potential podiums. It was a pretty disappointing result for them. Strategy-wise, they're a bit wobbly uh, around the safety cars. Everybody basically put on hard tires except uh, Racing Point who stuck mediums on Perez which he then had to take to the end which basically put him on the back foot for having to defend through that last 10 or 15 laps which was a bit of a mistake but yeah they've got to be really disappointed given their showing in testing and through the whole weekend really like in practice and qualifying they were right up there weren't they? Yeah, they yeah. they should have, they should have taken a lot more away, a lot more points away this weekend than what they got. They should have come away with a podium, really. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Perez. I mean, uh, there was there was a, a very brief point in that race where Perez actually looked like he might be the one to catch the Mercedes and win it. But yeah. it's sort of all 
fell apart around them, didn't it, at that point? Yeah, yeah. But they've had a yeah. practice run now. They can have another go at it next week, can't they? This is like true, this yeah. Week, this weekend, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A uh, couple of the drivers to mention. Ocon got four points for eighth place on his return to racing after a year out. Uh, Latifi just missed out on a point in 11th. But that is still the best debut race finish since Van Dorn. Um, he came 10th Ooh. in Bahrain in 2016. So, largely through circumstance, but still nice for Latifi to start his uh, career with a decent result. Yeah. It's so surprising. That's <laughs> absolutely <laughs> mental, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> it's, it was, so yeah, strange. such a wild race. And that's that's kind of the bulk of what happened. I think we've covered all the main things there. Yeah, the one thing I'd say, Vettel and um, Science, we didn't give much to. Do you want to have a spin? Yeah, should you have a quick one on that? Quick, quick go about that one? Yeah, it's, I mean, my initial reaction was, oh no, Seb, you've done it again. But to be honest, if you watch the onboard, it almost looks more like, I mean, he already had to react to a situation of folding in front of him because no one was really taking that corner properly. It was it was signs behind Perez, wasn't it, at the time? And I think yeah. Perez yeah. had run wide yes. and signs had kind of tried to go up the inside and I think he'd run a bit wide as well. So Seb kind of had to react to that. But it kind of just looked like when Seb hit the brakes, everything just locked up and went a bit sideways and he had to yeah. sort of frantically turn it into a dive bomb that just sort of went wrong, really. Um, yeah. I... I personally don't think you can actually apportion tons of blame on Vettel for that any more thoughts on Vettel and science um I just I just think it's uh, again it's it's one of those I mean uh, it looks like Vettel was fighting the car quite a lot during the race anyway so maybe he didn't have a very good setup but even so it look it's it's one of those it's just another Vettel spin in a corner in the heat of <laughs> a race isn't it that's yeah sadly it's it's been happening a lot. It's almost not worth talking about anymore because it's happening so often. <laughs> it feels like we did glance over it with the fact that it's just almost expected. No, that's jo- yeah. jokes aside. I think it's just he's a lock up and he's a bit unfortunate because think... signs in front of him had to move over a bit because he was fighting with the clerk. But you, yeah, you joke, you joke. But honestly, I feel like every time he gets in a wheel to wheel battle now, I am literally expecting him to. Come out of it Something facing to go the wrong away. way. Yeah. Thing is, yeah. he wasn't even in a wheel to wheel battle, was he? He dove into somebody else's wheel to wheel battle. What was the initial cause? Of it was it like, did he make a mistake on the brakes and he just locked up and then had no, to? So sort of he had he had, he had Leclerc and Sainz battling into the corner ahead of him, and then he locked up on the inside of Sainz. But because Sainz had Leclerc on the outside of him, Sainz took the, sh- the sharp apex and it kind of just it cut Seb off, but Seb was already locked up and essentially yeah, just it was sliding towards into it, the, wasn't it? Yeah. the corner. Um, yeah. like it was never, it was never going to make the corner properly. Let's put it that so, way. It was, so it was locked up and sliding. Was it a gamble for an overtake or was it just a mistake no. on the brakes? That was, that was a mistake on the brakes. Um, maybe the way that the corner went ahead of him caught him off guard uh, and it caused him to be a bit sharp on the brakes. Maybe. Mm. Yeah. I, I mean, Watching it now, like signs slowed much more than you'd expect him to, and went from almost missing the corner to hitting the apex anyway. So it was a very unusual line that signs took through that corner, and mm. and again, maybe in a better car, 
Seb would be able to negotiate that situation, but it looked like as soon as he put yeah. some extreme inputs into the steering and the brakes, it mm. just uh, car didn't like it. It's it's never liked that though, has it? It's it's always been quite quick to turn around with him behind the wheel, hasn't it? That car. Yeah, it's true. But it must. Be, it, it feels like it's something to do with his driving style and the the way the car is. That it feels that way, doesn't it? it it's yeah. just the the back end comes round on him, and it, it's to do with the 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 setup restrictions of the car compared to his driving style. Because how many times have we seen it now at Ferrari that that's happened to him compared to yeah. did we ever see it at Red Bull? And you know what. The number of times that you can count on one hand probably it happened at Red Bull if it ever happened at all, and you could count probably more than that in a single season. What was yeah, at Ferrari? Well, it was. It wasn't just so. happening to Vettel either. It used to happen to Raikkonen all the time as well. When Raikkonen, yeah, Raikkonen had some incidents as well. That's loads true. of times when he was just mind his own business, going around a hairpin, and then it would just yeah. spear him round. Like very edgy cars they make there. Yeah, mm. and and uh, you get the sense that. You know, for a world, for a multiple world champion to to have to be making the kind of mistakes that are happening, I really, really don't think it's Vettel. I think it's the car, and he's probably yeah. spent years trying to develop his way out of that hole of a poorly handling car. And whoever's at Ferrari is calling the shots every time. Has been like, it's a Ferrari. You 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 know, say it's crap. And- <laughs> <laughs> Excellent Ferrari mechanic impersonation. There, and uh, and then and, and they do, Ferrari just do things the Ferrari way. And if you're the driver, no matter what you say, no matter what your input is, Ferrari know best. That's yeah, honestly what. I, that's the sense me. I get. That's the sense I get yeah, from it. I agree with you totally. I, that wouldn't surprise me yeah. in the slightest if that's what was going on. I tell you what. There's supposedly Hugh Jackman's going to be playing Enzo Ferrari in a film, but. They're missing a trick. Get get Stu in there. Yeah, you pronounce it wrong, Chris. It's Falali. Well, that's why I'm not doing it. Um, can we, dare we, pick a driver of the day? Lando Norris. It's got to be Don't. Norris. It's got to be Norris. I think oh, he probably Chris has. Is about, Chris is about to throw a spanner in. Oh, no. I'm, I'm just, just for the sake of a discussion, I think Leclerc did an amazing job too lug that Ferrari into second Pretty place. Pretty quietly as well. Like yeah. just, just like picked his way through the field and got the job done under the radar. And sometimes that's the best way to be is like yeah, to be not two... spotted because it means that you're doing a, a, a very good job because you're just picking your way through people. And two Red Bull retirements, a Force yeah, India, uh, sorry, help. a r- racing point retirement ahead mm-hmm. of him. Racing <laughs> point were faster than Ferrari this weekend, might I remind yeah. you. Um, I did enjoy someone on Twitter said, um, you can tell it's been a crazy race when you see two midfield teams on the podium. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true at the minute. It really it's is. True. <laughs> if, if this was in any other race, I'd absolutely have said Bottas would drive of the day because I think he was pretty much perfect, but... I can't say no to Lando. Like it's just made me so happy to see Lando on that podium. Damn straight. Yeah. Yeah. I was uh, grinning ear to ear when when Yeah, totally. I was very happy. How about move of the day? Um I've written two Leclerc ones down. Um he made a really late dive up the inside of Perez um at turn three. And then he also went around the outside of signs, um, which is when he took he was on his way to taking third place. They were the two that stuck in my mind. Do you have any more? The one, the one on Perez was pretty clean. I enjoy. I do 
did enjoy that one. I liked um, the. I actually liked the outside one. <laughs> to, <laughs> to be, uh, we're hung. We're hung. I um, was probably leaning more towards the Perez one. I think of the two. I guess by democracy that wins. Then either way, though, <laughs> it's it's Leclerc. It's Leclerc. Yeah, yeah. Leclerc yeah. gets move of the day. Uh, and finally, honestly, what the f- are we doing here? Um. I don't know. Is it Ferrari just been seeming nowhere other than what Leclerc managed to get out of it? I think definitely, like, yeah, Ferrari's pace disappearing is up there uh, on the whole. Um, not many finishers, obviously. Only 11 yeah. <laughs> yeah. cars finished. That's kind of a that's big WTF. Like, it's not often you see races where only 11 cars finish. Kimmy's um, wheel coming off was definitely the most dramatic one. Yeah. What about Kvyat's rear going pop? That yeah, was his, his tire yeah. explosion. Um, not Pirelli's fault, I should point out. Not Pirelli's fault. It was, it was suspension, suspension, wasn't it, in the end? It was yeah. suspension, yeah. yeah. So if you're thinking about getting a set of Pirelli tires, don't let that <laughs> don't, don't worry too much. <laughs> yeah, what I forgot to say earlier, one thing I really enjoyed about uh, Kimmy's wheel coming off is that he still took the final corner and parked up next to the pit wall. And I don't believe for a second that that is for any reason other than if your park's against the pit wall, it's quicker to just quicker get to back into the back of the garage and disappear than having to go to the outside of the track and wait for someone so on a moped to take you back. Yeah, no, nothing to do with like getting the car back That is quicker, 100% like that. what Kimmy was yeah. up to. He yeah, was just definitely. trying to get out of there ASAP. <laughs> you're right you're, you're absolutely right oh let's give it to Kimmy it. let's give it that? to Kimmy just for that that's I mean that's I suppose it's not W it's more like it is it deserves a trophy just for doing that <laughs> <laughs> move of the day we, let's redo move, move of the, the day, day. <laughs> 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 uh, I think the biggest so, story to F is Ferrari though isn't it like it's gotta be hasn't it what Probably, are yeah. they doing there <laughs> Well, we know what they're yeah. doing. They're 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 suffering a deep burn or a lack therefore a lack of deep burn, a lack of oil burn. Yeah, I'm I am going <laughs> to make that costly, joke stick somehow. <laughs> Shall we briefly visit predictions? Because I don't think there's going to be much to talk yes. about. Yes, I will. I will quickly run through them for us. Um, so people did somehow manage to score during that. Um, points came from the most obvious places for a lot of people. A lot of uh, Valtteri pulls or Valtteri wins uh, scoring points people uh, but the highest scorers this week were Kieran Brace and Narayan Hamari who both scored two points for getting Valtteri uh, doubles hmm. um, in terms of DNFs there were only two people who went with Max that was Logan uh, Fadley and Tim Fostvet. They both got a point there. Uh, Logan was also the only person to get anywhere near the number of finishers going for 10. Wow. And half a point um, because there were 11. I can't and, believe I said uh, part, part of me wonders, is that a typo or a misclick? Because <laughs> yeah. it's way off everybody else's. Either that or just no faith in the car. is a wild prediction. Yeah. yeah. He was but it paid off. It the paid man's off. a prophet. The man is a yeah. prophet. <laughs> um, and then we got uh, Luke, I think it's Heimrath, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Someone naming themselves Adequate Driver. <laughs> and Strong. our very own Stu here uh, getting Hello. half a point for Danny Rick coming 20th. Because even though he finished 19th, being the second DNF, 
20th was the closest anybody went so for. Close. So you guys all got half a point there. So um, really good shout, that's you. Thank yeah, you. to be fair, yeah, you weren't you weren't very far off in all wasn't. honesty. But who was the first? Who was the actual first retirement? It was Verstappen, wasn't it? Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, yeah it was at Rick, Danny Rick only did about sixteen laps. I think he did. Yeah, it yeah, it wasn't many. long after Verstappen, was it that he, mm. he retired? Um, so yeah, that that leaves things with a huge number of us not scoring anything. <laughs> um, yeah. But we have an insight into the next race from that because the next race will obviously be Austria again. So yeah, let's, let's maybe leave, that'll help. Let's leave <laughs> the Austrian we... Grand Prix behind and move on to the Styrian Grand Prix. Did, well, yeah. did we have did we have many entries? Is, is there still time for people to Oh, enter? there was a lot of entries, yeah. A lot of entries. We, we, we're increasing this year as we have previously. Oh, amazing. That's good news. So, yes, thank you, thank you to everyone who has partaken. Do not be discouraged by the fact that I have not scored <laughs> any points because it happens a lot. I'll tell you what, there, I'm just scrolling through the people who didn't score. There are a lot of Lewis Hamilton polls in there. Oh, and I mean a lot of Lewis Hamilton polls and wins for that matter. Um, maybe on another day, those could have scored a lot of points for people, but... Um, Worth bearing in mind for next week, for this weekend coming up, I guess. Not today. Mm. Not today. <laughs> so let's move on to the Styrian Grand Prix on a incredibly similar circuit to the Austrian Grand Prix. Uh, <laughs> there's a, a couple of quick bits of news I'll quickly mention uh, heading into the weekend. Um, Renault are reportedly going to be announcing their replacement for Daniel Ricciardo in the coming days. Some sources are saying that there are some of the more veteran team members within Renault have been told that it's someone that they have worked with before, which I can only assume means uh, Jolly and Palmer is on his way back. <laughs> I can't imagine who else that could possibly who else? be. Who else could it be? <laughs> and also actually loosely connected to Renault, although no longer because he's a Williams young driver now, uh, Jack Aitken is going to be popping up in FP1 driving for Williams. Uh, it's going to be mm. his... Although he seems to have been knocking around as a young driver for years, this is actually going to be the first time he's taken part in an official F1 session. He's only ever sort of taken part in private testing before. Um, so it'll be good to see him on the grid because he's been yeah. sort of on the cusp of F1 for some time and he's still in F2 this season. While we are mentioning Formula 2 and Formula 3, actually, if you didn't see any of the races this weekend, go find them online because they were... Um, mm fantastic yeah the opening laps Storms. of the uh, feature race for f2 were amazing yeah really, they really were wheel to wheel proper wheel. and the cars look great with those big wheels on them as well yeah they really do um which is a little preview to um what f1's gonna look like in a couple of years time yeah 2022 yeah, yeah. shall we do some takeaways from this is a new feature <laughs> that we just came up with before <laughs> we went on air um, so what are your biggest takeaways, lads, from the Austrian Grand Prix this year? Sim racing pays off. Ask Lando <laughs> Norris. <laughs> um, it's uh, mine's a bit of a negative one, but to be honest, <gasps> it is that as things currently stand, I think we're looking at another Mercedes two-way fight for the championship. Because yes, they had their problems, but on a normal day with things going normally. Those Mercedes look yeah. so unbeatable. A, tr a track other than Austria, where, as we talked about briefly earlier, they've been known to not have the best of times in recent years. Exactly, yeah. A track outside of this, they're probably going to walk away with uh, I mean, a few of these races this year. 
it's is it back to i know we do hungry next don't we which hungry could go a few different places then we've got back to backs at silverstone which mercedes are just going to run away at silverstone aren't they Unfortunately, um, Hungary and Silverstone are a bit Lewis territory. Yeah, He's, guys, it's early doors though. There's only been one race. Oh yeah, but it is. But there's, there's a lot more pace in that car, I think, compared to it, the others. It yeah. feels very ominous at this point. Yeah. Um, the, the the thing that we might get out of it, I think, the positive to take away from it is looking at Valtteri this weekend. Um, we might hopefully at least get a fight between them if Mercedes do start seriously distancing themselves quite early doors, we might at least get a fight between those two consistently Mm. through the year. Yeah. Well, as things currently stand, there's quite a lot of rain forecast in Austria this weekend. So that may Mm. shake things up. So we we still might not see a a normal running order race this weekend. Um, Bernie got his sprinklers installed just in time. Yeah, exactly. His sky sky sprinklers. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh... Do you mean clouds? (laughs) Oh, those things. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. So I call them sky sprinklers. What's wrong with that? Um, my takeaway is probably, yeah. I think I think das works. I think that's my oh, takeaway yeah. from this. I'd forgotten yeah, about that. That's, that's because true. the Mercedes had the confidence to go a long time on those hard tires when everyone else was changing tires around them. Mm. Um, and. You know, DAS is good for tyre wear. It stops you scrubbing your front tyres away if you uh, straighten them out. So I, it'll be interesting. If, it, if it's wet, it'll be interesting to see how they use that feature of the car in the wet. Because again, yeah. they could use that to sort of add more front stability to the car like by pointing the wheels further for, like inwards, like giving them negative toe yeah. rather than positive toe. I think that's right. Um, toe out. If they give themselves, if they can give themselves, if they can tune toe in to that system, then that'll give you loads of stability on the straights. Um, and in a wet situation, that's kind of what you want. So and they were also yeah. using it quite a lot before the safety car restarts, which clearly worked well because they were like lightning keeping the their tires warm at the restarts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yep. it's it's a very it's an Ominous. effective tool that will probably support them throughout the season. Um, yep. That's my takeaway. Um, that kind of matches those are sort of the takeaways and storylines leading into the next race I guess um, yeah all together aren't they and they'll we'll, we'll continue to watch them fold as the unfold as the season progresses shall we do some predictions yes. let's do some predictions um, I'll run through them for us um, so we'll go fastest in Q3 before penalties as per usual I will start and I after watching this weekend I feel Lewis will want to come back with a point to prove against his successful teammates. So I'm going to say Lewis is going to be out there looking and hunting for that fastest lap in Q3. Chris, how about you? <laughs> Deep breath the, from Chris there. The, the, question, <laughs> the question I'm asking myself is, had Lewis been able to do that final lap in qualifying, would he have been on pole this weekend? I'm, I'm no, going to let my heart rule my head and I'm going to say Bottas again. Ooh. I'm with Chris and Bottas as well. And Bottas again. Um, okay, that makes that bit easier. <laughs> um, in terms of a win then, I'm going to jump straight to Chris because of the way that we cascade down. So, Chris, do you think Bottas will hold on to a win or is it coming from somewhere else? It's Verstappen. Oh, that's where I wanted to go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, yeah, go on, Stu. I'll let you have your say before I have mine. <laughs> Bottas, please. Going Bottas double. Yeah, Ooh, Bottas, double, bot. double bot. I I think that had it not been for his issues, Verstappen would have been a serious challenge to those Mercedes, given where Albon was. So I'm with Chris on this one, and I'm also saying Verstappen for a win. Um, next is first DNF, Stu. Where is that going this week? Ooh, um, Haas. <laughs> Which one, though? <laughs> you have to pick one, I'm You afraid. must pick a driver, sir. Damn it. Uh, I'm going to go Grosjean. Okay, Grosjean. Um, I will go next on this one. Do you know what? After, after what happened this weekend... And where I went last weekend, I feel like I was awfully close by saying Seb. That could have definitely gone very differently. So, um, do you know what? I might feel cruel, but I'm sticking with Vettel. I'm going Vettel again for first mm. DNF. I'm sticking with it. Bad, Maybe the flash that I saw was for this yeah. weekend, not last <laughs> you're weekend. You're barking up the wrong tree there, Tom. You've made a massive mistake there, mate. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Chris, what about you? I'm going to go for Raikkonen. Third. Okay. Just because. I can't even give you a reason. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> just the first because. name that came to mind. <laughs> got, got um, I, I will go first with number of finishes. Um, <laughs> judging by this week, I'm, I'm going to go... I'm going to go better than the week just gone, but not by much. I'm going to say 13. Whoa. I'm oh, going wow. 13. I'm, I'm putting it out there. Uh, Stu, what about you? You sound shocked by my decisions. Yeah, so. I think that they'll learn lessons. They've got all this data to analyze now. They'll know where the failures occurred. They'll know what to tell the drivers. Whether the drivers do what they're told is another matter altogether, but I'm going to go slightly more optimistic. I'm going to go for the magic number 16. 16 and Chris yourself? I completely agree with everything Stu has just said, but it's also probably going to be raining. <laughs> So I'm gonna oh. say fourteen. Oh, interesting. 13, 14. And can we have a random driver, Chris, sticking with you to we generate that? Certainly can. Sponsored by Google, random number generator. <laughs> oh no! Uh oh, Uh-oh. what? It's happened again. Don't. Don't. Oh, Sebastian Vettel. Vettel. Oh, I'm. Oh, I'm. It's your I'm turn. doing it. I'm. I'm. That's it. I'm. I'm in. Oh, money, it. money, 20th. mouth, money, mouth. You've got to do it. You can't. You can't back out on those kind nah, of predictions. Money, sure. mouth, man. Money, mouth. Um, which one of you two wants to go next? I'll let you pick. Since I'm money, mouth, that one. <sighs> That's a really tough one. That. <laughs> Oof, that I think that really is quite tough. a hard one to place, given this weekend that's just gone as well. It doesn't really help, does it? <laughs> I think he'll bounce back. I think he'll bounce back. I think fifth. Okay, fifth for. Stu, what about you, Chris? I'm going to go for eighth. Eighth. That is both Mercedes ahead of him, both Red Bulls ahead of him, both McLarens ahead of him, but only one of the racing points. <laughs> and I'll let you guess which one. <laughs> <laughs> so, right, that is our predictions in. Um, for all the many of you who joined in last week, you are able to do so again. Just sign in. And predictions will now be open for you to be able to submit yours. And they will close right as qualifying begins. Um, if you didn't join in last week, it's not a reason to not join this week. So make sure you head to backofthegrid.com 
register if you're not already registered and submit your predictions there as well. And you can be part of it because so few people scored last week due to the chaos. You're still in with a huge shout. Um, and as always, there's there's prizes for um, if anyone does manage to get a five out of five, which does happen. It does happen. It very much does. I tell you what, if anyone got five out of five this week, then I don't know there's a prize <laughs> big enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Let's let's dip into some inbox to finish off. Uh, first one is from Thomas, who says, "Do you think Racing Point is overrated and genuinely slower than McLaren, or will they build up to get some podiums this season?" Hmm. I think there's not much in it between them. In all honesty, I think they they're very close. Like you've got a a Racing Point that is practically a second-hand Mercedes. <laughs> And you've got McLaren, which is running. Are they? Wait, hang on. Are they running that engine yet? No, they're not. No, are they? they're not. Still running the Renault engine. So, but it's a McLaren that's been heavily developed, I guess. Yeah. So there's still a lot of potential. And to be fair, the Renault engine's not really a bad engine so much anymore, is it? No. At least not in the right hands. That I think Red Bull had shown that in the past, and obviously McLaren's showing it at the minute. So, I think McLaren are maybe trying to capitalise on what they've got before they have to cram that Mercedes engine in the back. But I think there's a genuine fight for third on between yeah. them at the minute, in all honesty. Seems that way. A genuine fight between them. And I think with the right... I mean, hindsight's always great, but with the right strategy, I think Perez probably should have been third at this race. Potentially, um, yeah, yeah. I think poor tyre choice and just the situation with the safety cars worked against them. But yeah, yeah it's going to be tight any, between them. If anything's going to work against Racing Point, it's going to be. I think at this point they've 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 made a great car. There's no doubt about that. It's yeah. A quick car. How much of it they've made themselves is up for the debate, but they have <laughs> they've got at least a good car. Um, it's going to be things like strategy. I think that are most likely to sort of cost them cost them podiums and points at, the, yeah. at this early stage in the season. And we saw that borne out in the in the race. Just Wesley Paul says. First things first, damn. I agree. <laughs> um, sorry for Alex and George. So happy for Lando. Assuming the teams can address mechanical issues, how different do you think next podium, next week's podium will be? Ferrari got lucky. Racing Point and Red Bull, not so much. The back-to-back races might just be genius. Um, the first thing to say is, yeah, the ra- you might be on something there with the back-to-back races. It's, it yeah. kind of proves that we should be doing two races. It kind of does, circuit. doesn't it? Well, we'll see what the, we'll see what the next race is like. If the next yeah, race, yeah, let's, is, yeah, let's not count our chickens just yet. <laughs> but it might be genius. Yeah, you might be on something there. Um, what do you guys think to the racing points, Red Bull, Ferrari situation? I think I think it's a lot less likely we'll see a Ferrari on the podium next race. I think there's more chance we're seeing racing points on the podium. If it rains, point though, if the weather's bad, that'll play into yeah, the that's the thing. That'll level it out. The power, yeah, it levels it out a little bit, doesn't it? It, it yeah. like you say, negates that power deficit that they, they appear to have at the minute. So, because mm. mm. I think it was Lando said. I mean, obviously Lando spent time close to Leclerc and not to Vettel, but he said that the Ferrari's definitely slow on the straights, but it also looks like one of the fastest cars through the corners. So, yeah, if you have a bit of rain, that's that's going to come into its own, isn't yeah. it? Sounds like my car. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think it's probably going to be a very different podium, especially if it rains. 
Yeah, I think you have to wait for the weather, don't you, and see what the weather is actually yeah. going to do. Yeah. But um, it will be interesting to see how the teams adjust compared to, especially those teams that have had failures over the weekend just gone. Be interesting to see how those teams adjust and if the teams that saw success actually change anything or just, you know, run the same risks, I guess. Yeah. Be very interesting to see. Friend of the show, Luke Snaley says, uh, it was a fun race to watch, but if it hadn't been for the safety cars reeling the Mercedes 1 2 into the pack and being on old ass hard tyres by the end, they would have uh, yeeted off into the distance and left F1.2 in the dust, do you not think? Uh, every time they restarted, except the last restart, they were well away. Um, I think there is something to be said for that, that maybe the safety cars helped to keep them close to the pack for sure. Yeah, yeeted is a good word for it. They were just sort of gone, weren't they? Mm. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of pace there. Again, sadly, we didn't get to see what Verstappen could do on the alternate strategy. But even so, um, it currently looks like a big gap to them. The the thing to add yeah. to that, though, is, is you know, if they've had gearbox issues, how are they going to fix these gearbox issues in the next week without getting a penalty? Mm, they've true. got, what, if four or five days? A- yeah, if it's just a sensor, then fine. But if you have to take the gearbox off the engine, then that's a 10, 10 places, is that, gearbox? I think it might yeah, be. Yeah, depend, depending on what you're doing, what's, it's, there's certain seals that you yeah. certain seals you can't break, stuff like that, in, the, in the, to the specifics. Yeah. And obviously, if it's, done, if it's done pre-race and they fit a gearbox and they don't change it after a certain number of sessions, again, there's not necessarily Actually, a problem X. there. Do you remember it was the USA Grand Prix a few years ago when Alonso was in for a, in the hunt for a title and Massa had outqualified him? So Ferrari just cracked open his gearbox to break the seal, close it yeah. up again, just so he would get a penalty to bump Alonso up the grid one position. Yeah. Classic Ferrari. Classic <laughs> Ferrari. Oh, and another um, classic team move actually happened this weekend that I forgot to mention earlier. Um, Red Bull uh, only had two sets of parts for their update this weekend, um, which they obviously put one on each car. Uh, Max then went off and broke his new front wing, so they took all the new parts off Alex's car and put them on Max's car, which sounds very familiar with Red Bull, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it bugs me a bit when they do that. Like, I... I guess they are favouring what they deem to be the front-running car. Of the yeah, team, I mean, but at the end of the day, if he's broke it, that's his own fault. Like, it's not quite as, Albon didn't break his, did it? So. It's not quite as egregious as when they did it to Weber, but it's still True. still a little doesn't go down that nicely, does it? Yeah. Anyway, next uh, Rad Podcast say after Vettel's performance today and last season, can you see any team, especially a potentially race-winning team, taking a punt with Vettel next season? Or can you see him going to WEC, IndyCar, or even retirement? Maybe compete with Alonso for the Triple Crown? I, I, as much as Vettel's like a historian, if you want to call it that, um, he, like he likes the history, I don't think he... And he likes his records as well, obviously, for that reason. But I don't think other series interest him that much. Like, he's, he's he, to me, he always appears to be a big F1 nerd. Like, he knows... F1 inside out, he could probably name me every champion in order at the drop of a hat like that. Like he'll he'll know just about any piece of trivia you can put to him. But outside of F1, he just doesn't seem that interested. 
No. Yeah. So I, I don't think that, something like the Triple Crown bothers him that much. I don't think he's mental enough to race IndyCar. That's the that's my yeah. It opinion, takes honestly. a certain kind of person to race IndyCar, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If he's already sort of considering his future in F1, and if the rumors are true that you know it's to do with having a family and stuff like that, and I think yeah, that's the true. last place you're going to go is IndyCar. Yeah, completely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, next one, um, that's life. Say Leclerc, Norris, Alban, and Russell were all consistently involved in the esports races during lockdown period, um, and have all had very strong races. How much of an effect, if any, did that have on their performances in the opening race? I think it's given them the sharpness. We said that it might well do, and as I said, let's wait for the race to be over, I guess, and see where they all finish. And I think Leclerc and Norris being on the podium, uh, Albon having a really good race until that incident. Russell was having a pretty strong race until his car failure. Like, I would say there is something to be said in how sharp it's kept them. I can do you one better sure. than that. Go on. Every, any driver that participated in one of the virtual Grand Prix finished ahead of their teammate. Oh, that's interesting. I'm glad you said that. I was, I that. was worried. I was worried you were going to say finished the race. Then because nope. there was a lot. Of, there was a lot of reliability <laughs> issues. Yeah. No, they all finished ahead. Um, Bottas did a couple. He beat Hamilton. Leclerc obviously did loads. He beat Vettel. And uh, Norris and Sainz both did them, but Norris did more and he was ahead. Perez did one. He beat his teammate Gasly as well. Ocon did one. Yeah, most of the top ten is taken by people who did virtual Grand Prix. <laughs> Whether there's anything to that or not, I don't know, but I don't think you can take much away from that. Just probably not. The the amount of reliability. I I think one of the things to sort of look at though would probably be like say the I know it's all very circumstantial, but like the the Norris incident where he was sort of peaked up onto the inside curb against Perez compared to Vettel's lock up where he went career in yeah. towards science i think that sharpness is there and that that's that's the thing that it's it's helped with is maybe uh, obviously there's a difference in cars of a situation and so on but you know maybe that just being on on point and, and being fresh and and having the reactions there from doing it so much during the, the break has helped norris recover that situation and maybe led to vettel not having such a good time with his situation potentially mm. There's yeah. something to be said for it, I think. Oh, yeah. 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 So, okay. Um, moving on, Callum Hall says, uh, do you think the teams will have time to sort out various technical issues before next week? And also, with the curbs rattling all the cars so much, do you think we'll see any changes to the track limits themselves next weekend? I think they're going to struggle to. Like, not only are we on a really short time scale to get things fixed, you can't also just pop backwards and forwards on a plane to get new parts backwards and forwards. Like... Yeah, it's difficult at the moment. Yeah, um, under normal circumstances, they'd probably yeah already have had people working on new parts or whatever. Uh, they'd already be on a plane now when they'd be there ready for a Friday practice. But yeah, that's just not the way the world works right now. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't think we'll see much in the way of the track limits thing because I don't think we'll see anything. Yeah, I, yeah, like they've they've already made the changes that they made in removing the. Um, deterrent bananas <laughs> to make life a little bit easier for the teams and putting in the sensors instead. So, 
I think the general consensus, if if you are going to run that wide and use that rumble strip that heavily in such a high G-force, high-speed corner, yeah. you only have yourself to blame if you damage your yeah. car. Well, the other and thing think, is... The, and that's, the, the that's, tracks, where, that's fair, in my opinion. The mm-hmm. track's fine the way it is. We had a great race, so why change yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, he's I got, he's got painted white lines well. either side of the tarmac for a reason. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Just stay inside them. Then you won't damage your car on the curbs. <laughs> it's not like it's guesswork, is it? There's literally a white line to tell you where the track is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, next, Nick says, does Max being out in race one kill his championship run since we don't know how many races there'll actually be? Uh, one word answer from no. me, no. I, um, yeah, no, I'm the no. same. I think he hurts it probably more than a quote-unquote normal season, but kill it? No. Nah, there's, there's still, kill it. No. We, still plenty of time. Yet. Plenty of time. Yeah. Uh, is it me? Yes. Matt O'Dell says, when was the last time you witnessed a display of skill under pressure from such a young driver compared to Lando's fastest lap for podium? Ooh. Oof. It's a good question, that. Um, pro- probably, you'd want to say Leclerc racing in Bahrain last season, maybe? Yeah. Wasn't he was on Verstapp- for a win. Verstappen had, had moments during his early days, I think. Like Barcelona was a good example when, when he took his first win. I think yeah. Barcelona was a good example of Verstappen doing well under pressure at a young age. Um I know he's had his ups and downs, but that that was a good example of that kind of skill under pressure uh, from a younger driver. Sergio Perez Suzuka was it in the Sauber wow, against yeah. Alonso? That yeah, was a long while ago. Yeah, yeah. I think he eventually lost out to Alonso, didn't he, in that battle? But still, like, it was, yeah. a, it was a good old race. Yeah, but to be able to go wheel to wheel with someone like that is always impressive, anyway, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Vettel's yeah. first win for Toro Rosso as well. Was oh yeah, yeah in the rain of Monza, Monza, yeah, very good drive, very good drive. Yeah, there we go. And I'll tell you what, seeing the way George Russell drove this weekend, I really hope we can have something to add him to that list soon as well because he he was fantastic this weekend. It's such a shame that his car gave out on him. Like his qualifying performance was something else to get that car as close to Q two as he did. Yeah. He was yeah. so close to Q2, wasn't he? It's painfully close. My mouth. He might. I, he, he could, <laughs> in, if it rains, I reckon he'll do it. it oh, yeah, if it rains. It, it will chance. definitely be a really good equaliser for him, yeah. won't it? Yeah, definitely. He's got yeah. the goods, hasn't he? You can see he's got the goods. Yeah, He's absolutely hammered his teammate this weekend as well. Yeah. And this is the thing. We, we talked about this pre-season, didn't we? That if he, if he was well ahead of his teammate again because albeit Kibitza got that point, but generally speaking, George was ahead of him week in, week out. And we, we said if that happens again against uh, another teammate, you you have to start asking serious questions of does he deserve to get in one of those better position midfield or front-running mm. seats? And I well, think the, if he if he has a really strong season, albeit a bit of a strange season, if he has a really strong season this season, he's he's got to start being looked at by those yeah. more front-running teams, but, I think. To play devil's advocate, though, Latifi has only had one race. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not saying he's done and done now. But if he's if he's consistently outperforming him to that degree, yeah, I I think he will. I do think he will. I think he's a much better driver than Latifi yeah. is. If Latifi was better than Russell, Latifi had already been in Formula One long before. 
Russell was. Yeah. And it's it's not saying Latif is a bad driver either. That's not what any of us are saying there. It's that Russell's that much ahead of him. Yeah, yeah I think George Russell is a very, very good driver. Yeah, yeah. I, they, they proved that in F2. Him, Lando, Albon, hmm. they, they, all yeah, three the three of them in yeah. F2. Absolutely yeah. fantastic season F2 they had. Yeah. Right. Uh, uh, next one, uh, Julian Hajar says, do you think Bottas and Rosberg are both amazing drivers who don't necessarily look so fast because they're up against Lewis? Uh, Nico even handily beat Schumacher when he returned to the sport. Um, I think it's difficult to put a driver like Bottas or Rosberg against Lewis and and judge them because Lewis has had a lot more consistency than those drivers, I would say. Um, and I think he is probably one of the best, if not the best driver on the grid at the minute. So mm. I think it is difficult. It would be interesting to see like mm. Bottas and Rosberg in a car together and see what they did as teammates. I mean, in all honesty, only two people have ever beaten Hamilton as his teammates, uh, yeah. Button and Rosberg. Like it's it's yeah. no mean feats to do it. Even Alonso could only finish level with him on points. Um, yeah. I, I do think the more Hamilton achieves, the more impressive Rosberg's championship looks. Um, you could argue there's a lot of circumstance to it, but then again, there's, uh, there's yeah. always circumstance yeah. to any world championship. Yeah, But um, that one particularly, though, th- there were a few incidents, I think, in that championship that really, really left a sour taste in my mouth. But then Hamilton's one's before the year before and after Rosberg had some rotten luck. Remember when um, what well, it was Singapore and it rained and like Rosberg's uh, steering wheel had electrical problems and when he was starting on yeah. pole and like that basically mm. killed his championship that year. Like it, it always swings backwards and forwards. Um, and I think if anything, the fact that Rosberg was able to beat Hamilton kind of reframes that second part of Schumacher's career as well. Like, you could only really compare Schumacher to Rosberg at that time. And I think back then Rosberg wasn't maybe held in quite such high regard, but the fact that Schumacher mm. got as close to him as he did, maybe in fact, I think Schumacher beat him for the most part, didn't he? In those seasons they had together. I can't remember. For no, I don't know. There was, it was definitely very close. Yeah, it was certainly close. There were, there was, there was times where Rosberg was ahead of Schumacher. Like, mm. Schumacher was definitely wasn't as sharp as he had been in the past, hundred percent. Yeah, um, but whether that's the only reason Rosberg finished ahead of him is, is open for debate, isn't it? Different era of car completely mm. that Schumacher was stepping back into in a team mm. that was in a rebuild after buying out Braun and stuff like. There was a, again circumstance. It, there was a yeah. lot of things involved in that that you would say yeah. would say you weren't you went against the best era or form of Schumacher. Schumacher was there to help ease that team in the right direction, I think. He never felt the need to park his car at Monaco against Schumacher, (laughs) did he? Or or drive into him multiple times. That's just just Michael, isn't it? (laughs) That's Michael for you. Yeah, I mean, Michael Schumacher had done the same in the past anyway, so... Yeah. Anyway... Did you see? Um, it was looking around on Twitter this weekend. The uh, the promo that uh, Sky, I think it was Sky Germany, were using for the weekend. No, it was like no. Austrian Grand Prix, the three Schumachers, and it was like Formula Three, um, David Schumacher, Formula Two, Mick oh, Schumacher, yeah. Formula One, Ralph Schumacher. It's like Ralph, like yeah, he's just <laughs> yeah. like 
he does like Jensen comment. Button's job. He's just there to have a few comments. And now we're like, the three Schumachers. At least they tried. They did try. <laughs> Final question from Grayson. Would I be wrong in saying the McLaren are the only ones out there without car problems? Both drivers with a finish without any issues. I think to say completely without issues or being the only team completely without might be a touch far, but they definitely had the cleanest race of the, the whole bunch, I think. Yeah, cleanest reliability, yeah. The only three teams where both cars finished were Mercedes, Ferrari and McLaren, I think. Um, mm. Mercedes obviously had issues. Ferrari, you could argue Ferrari <laughs> didn't have issues. Like Whether the car as a whole has issues is a different question, but in terms of yeah. things that happened during the race... <laughs> it was reliable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that one's up for debate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that wraps us up, I think, doesn't it? For, yes. It does indeed. Finally. For now. The first race review of the season, uh, which has been very much <laughs> worth the wait. Um, and thank yeah, you all for sticking with us through this um, bizarre period. It is... It's just really nice to have cars racing again, isn't it? Yeah, I was just... I was talking about it buzzing all weekend watching it so good to have them yeah. back it's so good to see not flim flam coming out of the f1 YouTube <laughs> scrabbling <laughs> for content and, yeah actual race action and the good news is we'll be back in a week's time for another review and will it be another preview is hungary the week after that i think it is isn't it yes it is yeah uh, yes it is i know all too well i'm already exhausted i'm already knackered <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be an empty <laughs> shell on the next episode. <laughs> well, next you go for a sleep um, and we'll call it a day. So thank you very much for joining us. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us in the meantime, as always, we're on Twitter at Back of the Grid F1, Facebook and Instagram. Just search Back of the Grid, you'll find us. And head to backofthegrid.com where you can sign up for the Predictions League for free and you can enter to be a chance for winning a prize next week. Uh, and until then, it's goodbye. Bye. Bye. personally don't think you can actually apportion tons of blame on Bell for that. Oh, nice creepy soundtrack for you. Oh yeah, it? lovely. Because you said that. Sorry. <laughs> oh, is that Tom? That's, is that you? That's an ice cream man at eight o'clock at night, probably selling drugs. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> lovely. <laughs> it's a family There's show. no other reason for him to be here. <laughs> <laughs> you can cut that. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> we won't. <laughs> I live in a drug den <laughs> surrounded by ice cream men <laughs> that's like a song I bet Ash could write a song about that I'm sure he's Do already it. doing could, it he could make a song like his boggle <laughs> song on which it. is so niche like no one who's listening to this is ever going to get that right let's move on <laughs> <laughs>